Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. actually talking to someone in the foyer today and he's actually interviewing to be one of the Dave Ramsey talk people would you believe and uh, man I'm just believing for the favor of God on your life that good we're about to pray together and I just believe that God brought you here whether you all came to see someone get baptized and they're like oh why don't you come and you kind of got guilted into it whether you came, you're like, oh, any single people in the house? Acting all spiritual, because you're like, yeah, I'm spiritual. But there is no mistakes in God. God can take you from where you are to where you need to be in a moment's notice. It's funny, He can take you from minus 10 to, to 10 pretty quickly, but sometimes He just nudges you along the journey. I'm praying that today's a nudge for some of you. But I'm praying for some, that's that miracle moment for you. Come on, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for every man, every woman, every person, the overflow, every family. Lord, I recognize that there are generations represented in front of me. So that I take it lightly, Father. Lord, to speak your word that I might bless your people and lead them to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would walk through every aisle, touch every heart, leave no one, God, just just not more blessed than when they come in, not more strengthened than when they come in. I begin to prophesy and speak over your people, your blessing, peace to their mind and strength to their spirit. Lord, I believe for families to come alive and be stronger. I believe for businesses to be awoken to the purpose of God. I believe for men to get their vision and women to get their vision back. Father, I believe for children and young kids to be on fire for you. I believe for your purpose over every life. Lord, whatever that looks like for every person. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Come on, pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. I declare today, I need you. Fill my heart with your strength. In your powerful name, I pray. Come on, if you believe it, give the Lord a hand in the house of God. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, our worship team. Come on, can we thank Pastor Fernando for a great word there? Isn't that good? Grab your seat. Fittest 50-year-old I know. We've been in a series in our church called The 252 Life. The 252 Life. It comes out of a text of scripture, Luke 252, that really speaks of when Jesus was 12 to 30. There's this really gap year where we, a gap years where we don't know much about Christ except this, that we know he was a carpenter and we know Luke 252. And for me, that became a influential scripture because it felt like it was this so important stage of life where it is really him building the foundation of his life. And the Bible says this in Luke 2.52 that Jesus grew in wisdom. Someone say wisdom. Someone say stature. 
Someone say, favor of God, favor of man. We know this about Christ for 18 years, that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and favor with man. As I've been leading a church now well over 10 years, I found that all prayer requests seem to basically fall into those four categories. But if you and I will seek wisdom, we'll actually move forward in those areas of our life and begin to flourish and begin to grow. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. I was... Um, I was coming from Florida a number of years ago. We were on vacation. My kids were real young. And a friend of mine gave me a Tony Robbins CD. Have you ever heard Tony Robbins? It was like a 14 CDs. And since everyone was asleep, I just listened to all of them. And how many know it's like a 17-hour drive from like Orlando. I actually, I think I was in Key West or something like that. So all the way back up to Jersey. And I just, Tony Robbins was just yelling at me. Ah, walk on fire kind of stuff. Like he, and, he, and he talks to you about numerous different things from your breathing to your confession to all kinds of different things. He talks to you about your state and all kinds of stuff. I, I like another motivational guy. He's a personal developer guy. His name's E.T. His name's Eric Thomas. He literally was homeless, didn't meet his father till he was 30. And today he's one of the most sought after personal development people in the world. I like to listen to him when I work out. He's like, I get up at 3 a.m. in the morning. What time you getting up? I was like, well, not 3 a.m. That's for psychopaths. And I like that stuff. I like when someone talks to you about your morning and how you can do it differently. I, I like when someone talks to you about, you can have life hacks for everything. Have you noticed that? Life hacks for cooking steak. Life hacks for doing salad. Life hacks for getting more stuff done at work. Life hacks for your email, not ruining your life. Like just life hacks and, and tweaks and, and adjustments. And what I noticed about all of the personal development people, and I like those people, I've leaned into those people. I think most of those people steal biblical concepts and just call it something different. It's true, it's true. They, they call it the secret. No, it's in the Bible. And I like some of that stuff because I think it helps your personal life and you can talk to Dr. Phil and get relational help and you can talk to Oprah and get all kinds of help and you can even listen to Delilah and have some love songs and all kinds of stuff. You can talk to some people and they can get you more muscle. They, they, can, they can get your attire better. But it is interesting to me that of all the gurus Really, the gurus of our world simply tweak our life, change it a little bit, adjust a tiny bit. And, and I was thinking about the power of one-on-one -on -one with these people. How many of you would like to have a little one-on-one -on -one time with these people? Buy their book, get their CD. It is one-on-one -on -one time, right? But I started to think about Jesus and how different Jesus was to not just trying to tweak your life and not just trying to adjust your morning and not just trying to adjust things upon your life. You see, you and I get to read the scriptures and you and I get to be kind of the, the bird's eye view or, or the fly on the wall into one-on-one -on -one conversations where Jesus was having with 
particular people. And I'm going to point out two of them today. One is found in John 3 and one is found in John 4. And it is long conversation with Jesus. And the first guy is a religious man. He is an educated man. He is a powerful man. He is a man that you would want him to come to your party. He'd be like the governor of the day. You're like, man, whether you agree with the governor or not, I don't know, come over my house. And so he would get invited to the right places and, and he, he has an education and he would even run religious services and so forth. And one night he comes to Jesus all alone and the Bible says it is dark and he meets with Christ and he begins to ask him and begins to say to him, teacher, we know that you are of God because no one can do the things that you do unless God was with him. And, and, and Jesus begins to have this one-on-one conversation with a, a powerful and educated and a moral man. Literally, he was so moral that he would have memorized five the first five books of the entire Old Testament. Have you ever met anyone that's memorized five entire books of the Old Testament? This guy knew the Scriptures. He knew the Bible well. And Jesus begins to speak to him. And in John chapter 3, verse 6, he says this, Flesh gives birth to flesh. says, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And then he says this, you should not be surprised at my saying, he says that you must be born again. Nicodemus is a guru of the day, but he understands that Jesus comes from another place. And I love the fact that you and I get to have this bird's eye view into this conversation with Jesus. And Jesus talks to him, nothing about what he reads, nothing about his money, nothing about his position, nothing about his morality because he's a moral man. But then says to him this phrase, you must be born again. It is interesting to me that that phrase born again has some baggage attached to it. Have you ever said a word and you didn't realize there was so much baggage attached to it? Republican. (laughs) Democrat. There is baggage attached to certain words and you might've met someone and they said, I'm a born again Christian and they were fired up on Jesus for six months and you met them six months later and they're in prison. And there's some baggage attached to that. If you went out of America into another nation, how many know that the simplicity of you just saying, I am, I live in America, how many know there's baggage attached? When I came to America as a 19 year old, um, I did a business marketing degree, I came on an athletic scholarship, and I, I met this one girl at the laundry room, which is where you meet people in college for some reason doing my undies and my socks and stuff and this this nice little Asian girl says to me oh what's your name and name's Anthony and where are you from I'm like you from I'm from Australia and she's like do you have a koala <laughs> and I wasn't ready for that that's baggage <laughs> and so I thought to myself in the back of my head well yes I do <laughs> so I said yeah. She looks at me and goes, what's his name? And I hadn't thought that far ahead. So I was like, his name is Quickie, which is a famous Australian koala. He's actually got his own TV show. And she's like, what does he eat? 
I was like, shoot, I haven't thought about that either. I was like, he eats eucalyptus leaves with peanut butter on top. <laughs> just making stuff up. And she was looking at me wide-eyed, just like, wow, that's amazing. Then I would see her later in the cafeteria and she would introduce me as that guy from Australia with a koala called Quickie had ate eucalyptus leaves with peanut butter on top. So I started avoiding my little laundry friend. Nicodemus is a moral man. He is a powerful man. He is a successful man. He is a prosperous man. People looked up to him. And what I love about this one-on-one conversation with Jesus is Jesus doesn't care about any of those things. He begins to speak to the inner issue of Nicodemus's life. And he says to him, listen, let me take away the baggage phrase, but let me just give you three words. He basically said to him, you need God, I don't care how much money you got, how moral you are, how much of the Bible you've memorized, how many services, how many baptism things you've done. He literally just says to him, you need God. But I'm moral, Jesus, but I've memorized scripture, Jesus, but I've given to the church, Jesus, but I've done all the things that I was meant to do and somehow this very moral man, this religious man, this educated man, this powerful man had somehow missed it. So I want to say to you today, if you are successful and you are blessed and life's going well and you got promoted and I'm happy for you and I want to say a simple thing to you, one-on-one with you, not anyone else. If you're watching online, not someone else, not next to you. I want to say to you today what Jesus might say to you today. You need God. You need God. You need God to make alive your spirit. You need God. The next chapter, we find a woman And she is the complete opposite of Nicodemus. She is not powerful. She is not moral. She's been married five times and now she's living with another guy and that guy won't even commit. She is not just not popular. She is ostracized from the community for she is getting water at a time that no one else gets water. And I love that Jesus it seems that Jesus has been looking and been sent specifically for this one woman that no one thought she'd be in church. I love that our church attracts people that no one would think you'd be in church. Sometimes people might bump, bump, bump into you as I like, didn't I bump into you somewhere else? <laughs> didn't I see you a year ago, six months ago, three years ago? I saw you there. And Jesus goes on mission to find a woman that is not moral. She doesn't have it all going on. Life has not been fair to her. Men have abused her. They've left her. They've beat her. They've committed adultery on her. And it's not fair. But I find it so interesting that Jesus doesn't talk to her about 
her relationships. He doesn't try and say, hey, listen, if you stop nagging them, they won't leave. If you cook a little bit better, listen, the way you do your rice, that's why they're leaving. He doesn't, he doesn't tweak her, her a little bit. He doesn't give her a little suggestion. He literally looks at her and listen to what he says in John chapter 4. He looks at her and he says, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Says to a moral man, you need God. Says to an immoral man, you need God. Says to a successful man, you need God. Says to an unsuccessful woman, you need God. Says to one who knew the scriptures, you need God. Says to one who didn't know the scriptures and was confused about her religion, you need God. You need God. You need God. You're like, I'm in church, Anthony. I know that. But do you know it in the depth of your heart? Because sometimes your success blinds you. Haven't you noticed that? Sometimes your blessings are the barrier to you seeing how good God is. This is why Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 verse 3, he says, blessed are the poor, not the poor materially speaking. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. See, when you and I are poor in spirit, you literally come and say, God, I need you. This is why so many of you came to church out of trouble because you broke your life and then you say, God, I need you. Most people don't find God on the mountaintops. Most people don't find God when the business has taken off and they invested in Bitcoin at $10 and now they're a multimillionaire. No, no, no. Most people unfortunately find God sometimes when they're empty and when they're low. But I want to say to some of you today, don't wait. Don't wait for the lowest of the low till you see you need God. Because I, I came here many times to save us some pain. God got a hold of my life at 18 years old and I'm glad he got a hold of me at 18 years old because I'm telling you right now, he saved me perhaps 10 years, 20 years of pain until one day you look back and go, God, I did need you. God, you were right. God, you knew more than me. Young people, if you're young, Save yourself some pain. Follow God when you're young. Follow God when you're young. And listen, if you didn't follow God when you're young, I'm glad you're here. You're in the right place. Don't feel condemned. Just go, today's a new day. Come on, someone say, today is a new day. Come on, today is a new day. See, the interesting thing about the Scriptures is that they will adjust your life. They'll adjust your day. They'll adjust your morning. There are these tweaks in Scriptures. There are these life hacks in Scriptures and you find them. And if it's a good life hack what, from the gurus of our age, sure, apply it. But Jesus comes along and He says to you, you need 
God. Haven't you ever thought to yourself when someone's life is going bad, they need God? But sometimes we go, but I don't need him. One-on-one with Jesus. Another time, Jesus had a one-on-one with someone and he literally knocks him off the horse. He was persecuting Christians and then he became a disciple. Another time, Jesus takes a man who's denied him three times and he gets breakfast with him and he restores him. Another time, he encourages one of his followers, don't be afraid. Another time, he talks to the church and says, you're doing well. Another time, he talks to the church and says, you're not doing well. And I want to tell you today, I wonder what Jesus would say to you if he was having a one-on-one conversation with you. Are you listening? Are you listening? And here's the thing the Lord put on my heart for us especially today. God doesn't want you to just believe in Him. God wants you to walk with Him. Hear that again, please. Hear it again. God doesn't want you just to believe upon Him. God wants you as a friend walk with him I imagine the woman at the well meets Jesus and she you know she ran back to a town Samaria I reckon she lined up her five husbands and the other one who wouldn't commit lined them up and said you are not the one you are not the one you are not the one and even though your name is Juan Carlos you are not the one and you are not the one And if you don't commit, boy, you are not the one either. Then she runs back and brings the whole town of Samaria to Jesus. And the Bible says in that place, that place, many believed upon him. Why? Because she had found not a guru that would tweak her morning. She had found not a guru that would say, this is how you get more financially viable and successful. She she had found someone that said, this is how you deal with anxiousness. She had literally found the one who could satisfy something that no one else could satisfy, could give her something that no one else could give her. It is the gift of eternal life. It is when a spirit is reborn. You need God. I need God. Let this place be a place where we say, I need God. Come on, are you with me, Church Alive? I had something so good happen this week. Some of my family doesn't even know this. So let me share it. One of my father's best friends growing up was a man by the name of Dean Knight. He's now 75 years old when, when my family was, when I was about 10 years old, we lived in Adelaide, Australia, and, and we would go over their house and we'd swim in their pool and he was my father's best man and had his wedding and they used to actually run together and work out together, didn't know this. And so we left Adelaide, Australia at, at the age, I, I was 10 years old, we moved over to Wollongong and my family had kept in touch with him, but I'd never, I'd never really talked to him since then. I was 10, you know, he was... 40 whatever and 
And then recently we connected on Facebook and he sent me a message saying, hey, I, there's some things about your dad I'd, I'd love to talk to you about. You probably never knew. He actually credits my father to lead him to Christ. And he's an amazing man, really. He was qualified for the Olympics at 17 years old and then they said he was too young to go and then at 19 he qualified for the Commonwealth Games for Australia but then at 19 they actually sent him off to Vietnam fought in the war of Vietnam got shot seven times in the back had to spend six months basically lying down on a bed it's amazing 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 he ever lived he's an interesting guy because he, he actually told me he only sleeps two to three hours a night and that's how he's done it all his life. I don't know. How many of you? That's you. That's you. That's, no, I didn't think so. How many? Nine hours, 10 hours, 11 hours, 12 hours, 13. Yeah, some of you, 14, 15. Stop it. Stop it. My nephews are in the crowd. Stop it. How long will you lie there, are you sluggard? When will you awake from your slumber? talked to him in 35 years but we text saying we were trying to get in touch and Monday night I looked at my phone jumped on Facebook and just was trying to see if someone had sent me a message and then I saw he was online sent him a quick text I just felt my heart for some reason I was meant to reach out to him we shout to him hey Dean why don't you call me if you can didn't know if he could didn't know if he'd see it seven minutes later he calls me and we start talking Again, I haven't talked to him basically in 35 years. He spends three hours with God every day. He's writing a book on the 20 miracles that God has done in his life. He said, Anthony, I've got about 80 that I record in a journal. I meet with God. Here's what he said. I said, I wake up every day and say, God, don't let today go by me without me encouraging someone, praying for someone, leading them to you or equipping them to, to fulfill their God-given destiny. Help me, help me see the sick healed, the dead raised. I mean, this guy's a man of faith. And then he said, at the end of my day, I say, Father, how'd I do? How'd I do? We're talking. And he said, it's so funny you called me today. Again, we haven't talked in 35 years. He says, so funny, you called me today. I was praying and talking to Jesus today and He gave me two scriptures for you. Today. He was blowing out. He's like, you called me today. I felt in my heart, I had two scriptures for you today. I haven't talked to Him 35 years. Are you getting the picture? We tried to connect, we didn't connect and didn't talk. And He's like, this morning, God gave me two scriptures for you. I was like, what are the Scriptures? He said, how long will you lie there, O sluggard? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Here's what he gave me. 1 Samuel 22, verse 2. He says, all those who are in distress or in debt or discontented gathered round him and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. And then he gave me a different Scripture, but I'm going to explain this one for a second. This is King David. He's not yet king. He is a giant slayer, but he's on the run from Saul. And the men who were discontent with Saul and the leadership begin to gather around King David. And he was such an incredible giant slayer, such an incredible leader, such an anointed man, that the discontented and the distressed and the in debt, they came to him 
But do you know the other story is they became His mighty men? They literally were transformed and changed by hanging around this anointed leader. And this guy says to me, Anthony, this Scripture's for you. I don't know if you know anything about my Transform book. This is written for these guys. But the goal is not for these guys to stay these guys. The goal of our Transform groups, the goal of my book is that they would rise to be all they're called to be in Christ Jesus. This guy just didn't believe upon Jesus. He became a friend of God. And I pray out of this church will come people. You can't do it perfectly. I know you won't. That's where grace comes in. But hear me now. Don't just believe upon Him. Be His friend. God has called you to more than a religion and a ritual and come to church and sing some songs and say hallelujah. God has called you to friendship with Him. The King of the universe wants to be your friend. The King of the universe wants to be my friend. Isn't that ridiculous? The King of the universe, sir, looking sharp in your suit, wants to be your friend, brother. The King of the universe wants to be your friend. One on one with Jesus. One on one with Jesus. He doesn't tweak your life. He says, I need to give you something that you've not got. But I'm not just going to give you forgiveness. I'm going to give you friendship. Psalm 23 to me is one of the most amazing passages of Scripture. give it to you in a slightly different way than you've ever heard it before. He says, I want to be your shepherd. I want to guide you. I want to lead you. I want to lead you down the right path. I want to restore your soul. How many need that today? He wants to restore your soul. He wants to guide you in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And yes, though you go through troubled times and hard times and fearful times, He said, my rod and my staff, they comfort you. I want to hang out with you forever. Oh, that's an invitation, isn't it? That's an invitation, isn't it? The great God of the universe loves you so much that He has invited you not to just forgiveness, but to friendship. in Christ we've found that come on all across this place would you close your eyes Jesus I thank you for every man here every woman every teenager I thank you for them I thank you for every child in our kids space right now I thank you for every person online right now and I ask you God to move in this place Holy Spirit walk across every aisle Touch every heart. You know, every need. Oh God, I pray that you would call young people in this church to greater friendship with you. I pray you would, you would put it in the hearts of husbands and wives to greater friendship with you, that it would change their lives. Oh Father, I pray your blessing upon your people. Lord, where we're blind and we don't see it, help us see it, I pray. You may be in this place. 
And if I ask you a simple question, one-on-one with Jesus, a one-on-one moment with Jesus, what would He talk to you about? Would He say, you need me? I believe He'd say it to us all, but maybe there's some people here today and you've never put your faith in Him because you feel like it's religious or it's moral or you just live in the high life, the party life. But I want to tell you, He came for you. He came for you. The greatest invitation on planet Earth is not the invitation of money. It's not the invitation to be a professional football player. The greatest invitation on planet Earth is to be forgiven by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and to be His friend. Christ didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. I'm gonna pray a prayer and that prayer can be a life-changing one-on-one conversation with you and Jesus. One-on-one with Jesus. Let let not it be a, a prayer that we pray and think about the person next to us. Pray this prayer with me. There are many of you today, you need to nail it down. You need to say, Jesus, I'm like that woman at the well. I've lived a party life, a high life. I'm an, a, I'm an immoral person, but God, I need you. Or maybe you're here today and you're very successful. You are very moral, but perhaps you have never actually said, Jesus, I need you. My soul needs you. You have something I cannot earn. You have something I cannot go get from anyone else. There's not a guru in the world that can give you what Jesus can give you in this moment we're going to pray a prayer and I'm praying that every person prays it but I'm praying that every person who so needs to put their life in his hands will do that from the depths of their heart right now come on pray this prayer with me say Jesus I declare I need you I need your forgiveness I desire your friendship the plan you have for me I know, God, it's better than my current plan. And I ask you to reveal it. I want to walk with you. I want to know you. In your powerful name, let this day be a memorial of something significant. Well, eyes are closed all across this place those in the overflow, those online, those in the sanctuary right now. If you meant business with God, say, Pastor Anthony, this is my first time in church. It doesn't matter. Your hundredth time in church doesn't matter. Rich or poor doesn't matter. Moral or immoral, it doesn't matter. Whether a friend invited you, it doesn't matter. What does matter is, are you connected to the very life of God? All across this place, if you meant business with God, would you quickly lift up your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it, high enough and long enough for me to see it. Thank you, thank you. Hands going up all over this place. Thank you so much, thank you so much, thank you so much. That's awesome today in the back there. That's awesome today in the middle there. That's awesome today over there and over there. Guys, girls, doesn't matter which one, rich, poor, 
doesn't matter which one, religious, non-religious, doesn't matter which one. You can put your hand down. Father, I thank you for every hand. I thank you for every heart. And in the name of Jesus, bless your people now. Strengthen each one that needs it. Let faith rise in their hearts, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, Church Alive, let's give the Lord a hand in the house of God for the Word of God.